My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. All right, well, welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you're here this morning. Made it through the rain and didn't sleep in and watch the Masters, so good for you. We won't take attendance too harshly today, but uh, today we're going to do something that we have not yet done in our series on Mark. We are going to finish a chapter. And I can say that with some degree of confidence because we really just have one verse left, so I, I feel like we can... I feel like we can push through and, and make that happen. So uh, as we do each week, I would encourage you to grab your Bibles. Uh, we're going to read through uh, Mark chapter 1. Uh, so feel free to either read along uh, in the ESV is what I'll be reading out of, or to read along in a different translation, or to just listen. Um, that's always a, a great option. Um, I have heard several stories from several of you about how much more you are consuming the scripture in this series. And I am just beyond thrilled about this because uh, these are the words of life and uh, nothing else is even close. So I'm going to read Mark chapter 1 and then we'll start looking at uh, really kind of around in the verse 40-ish range. So Mark 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel." And passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? 
Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. And that evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. So today... We're going to talk about that leper. And we started talking about that leper last week. And if you've got your handout in front of you, this is the continuation. We've had the same handout for three weeks, uh, which was one of the upsides to going slow. <laughs> um, so we've looked at, so far, uh, the busy day Jesus had prior to verse 35. Um, he gets up early in the morning in verse 35. And he goes out and he prays. Uh, his disciples find him. They tell him everyone is looking for them. He says, let's go to the next towns. And then in verse 40, and a leper comes, right? We talked about leprosy last week. Uh, we talked about we don't want to read into the text. This may have been someone who's had leprosy for a week. It may be someone who's had leprosy for 20 years. We don't know. The text doesn't tell us. The text just tells us that uh, this is a leper. And uh, lepers are, does anybody remember from last week, lepers are unclean. Lepers are unclean. We're not going to go back to Leviticus and read the Levitical texts again. You're sort of welcome, right? Um, I mean, this is a, it's like Leviticus 13 is, is, is pretty rough and, and blunt. Uh, we learned from Leviticus 5 that lepers are, are unclean, and to touch anything that is unclean makes you unclean. So verse 40, and a leper comes to him, imploring him over and over and over and kneeling over and over and over and saying to him over and over and over, if you will, you can make me clean. Uh, we talked uh, with Luke last week about 
telling a girl that I love you with all my heart is not a biblical way to tell a girl that you love her, right? <clears throat> I love you with all my bowels. That's the biblical way to say that I love you. Um, but moved with pity, he was moved in his bowels. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. And I, I left you with a question last week. And the question was, I'll get to the question in just a second. So a couple of statements of fact. We know that Jesus never sinned, right? Absolutely, take it to the bank, Jesus never sinned. We know that Jesus fulfilled the law because this was what was required of the Messiah. All throughout the New Testament, over and over, I mean, you're going to read Mark and you're going to go, how many times is Mark going to say he did this to fulfill the Scriptures, that the, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled, that the law would be, like, there are prophecies that have to take place for this to be the Messiah. Jesus checks every single one perfectly. The only person ever to do this. So we know Jesus never sinned. We know Jesus completely filled the law. And we also know, if, if, we are, if we are reading Leviticus correctly, that if you touch a leper, you become unclean. So, here's what I am not asking you. I am not asking you, what do you think? You know my opinion about what you think. You know my opinion about what I think. What I'm asking you is, what does the Bible say about this? Let me, let me phrase it in a really awful way. How does Jesus get away with this? He, he is like none other, right? He is totally man and totally God. He can do things that, and as we have, like, we haven't gotten out of Mark chapter 1, and we have seen him do things that literally nobody else in the history of the universe has ever done, right? Yes. Yeah, it would not be good if they all died off in the middle of nowhere, right? So Jesus touches him. Um, there, are, there are portions of Scripture that we read that do not have an accompanying, oh, and this is every single reason why he did this and why it was okay, right? And this is where we lean on portions of Scripture that state things like, Jesus is God, and he is the sacrifice, and he is the flawless sacrifice, that, that he is perfect in every way. And what I find in myself, so I'm going to kind of answer my question here with this. What I find in myself is because, and it's sitting in this little case right here, uh, because of this little device right here, I find in myself a passionate desire to always know the answer to everything because I can just Google it, right? And, and there are some things in the Bible that do not have a, hey Siri, oh crap, did I, did I kick it? I didn't kick it off, did I? Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do things like that on, on purpose to, for a joke, and then sometimes it's like, I didn't think that through. So. Uh, but, but there are things in the Bible that we cannot just easily Google. And we rest in, have, in the clarity of the Scripture, and we don't get in angst over things that blow our minds about our Savior. We instead rejoice and say, there are things that blow our mind about our Savior. Right? I want a God who can do what nobody else can do. That to me is amazing. That to me is beautiful. And this is what I can't get over about Mark chapter 1. Is it how fundamentally different Jesus is 
from everybody else who has ever lived. So when I, I, I skipped our question this morning, the what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far, I, I don't know if you've noticed, I haven't answered this question yet. Have you noticed that? I did, right? This is what he's doing in me, is that Jesus is getting so much, like bigger is the wrong word, right? But uh, I don't have an adjective. There's just, he's just different, right? It's beautiful. Um, and it's been a long time since I've studied a gospel, and I'm just falling in love with Jesus again. And it's just a whole lot of fun. Uh, he is just altogether different. So let's take a look at, at what Jesus says here. So he touched him and he says to him, I will, Jesus chooses, he prefers to do this, be clean, this imperative. I, I, I have surgery tomorrow morning. Um, I'm having a spinal fusion tomorrow morning. And would appreciate your prayers on this. And for the last five days, is that right, four days? Uh, I have been using a body wash, and I smell like a hospital, like all day long. It's just this, and it's this antibacterial, everything is, it's just designed to kill all the bacteria on your body, right? So that when you go and have surgery, the, that the bacteria, that it's basically so that you don't kill you, which is a weird way to say it, but this is, this is my summary of this, right? And so for me, just to be clean enough to go in the OR, I have to scrub for multiple days. It's better. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about that right now, Miss Darla. We're going, we're going right back to Jesus, okay? <laughs> because for me to do everything that I can do takes multiple days, and I'm still really not clean. And Jesus just says, I will be clean. <laughs> it's amazing, right? It's just utterly... So don't forget to be amazed at these things that Jesus does. And then obviously we went back to Genesis 1 and saw that when God says something, it happens. Verse 42, we shouldn't be surprised by it. And the leprosy left him. And immediately, sorry, immediately the leprosy left him. And he was made clean, right? This is the... We, we have to have verses like verse 42 just to remind us that God keeps his word, right? It's just this relentless drumbeat throughout all of Scripture that God keeps his word. Verse 43, and then Jesus sternly charged him. So if you've got a translation of the Bible that's not the ESV, what does your translation say about this sternly charged? Is, is there another phrase? Because there's a lot of really good other phrases. Because this, this is a broad word with a lot of flexibility in it. So what, does anybody else have a different translation other than sternly charged? Or have I so convinced you that you should only read the ESV? Yes, Luke. Luke is here. Yes, sir. Excellent. Verse 43. Yeah. And he straightly charged him. Straightly charged him. All right. And forthwith sent him away. So he straightly charged him, yeah? So you, you can almost think about this as a, a straightened him out kind of a context. A... Uh, some, some of your older translations might say something like indignation, like he was angry when he said this. Like this was, this was not the uh, meek and mild and gentle and everybody's... This is the braiding the rope, Jesus, that's coming out here. He says, He's very sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see, right? There's an imperative. Pay attention here. 
pay attention, see, to see clearly that you say nothing to anyone, but go. Jesus is always telling people to go, to come to him and then to go. This beautiful pattern throughout the Gospels. But go and show yourself to the priest. Now, why would he say show yourself to the priest? Because we looked at this last week. This was the, what required this? The law requires this, right? You go and you show yourself to the priest, and the priest is supposed to inspect the skin. And then the priest is supposed to, put him, is supposed to isolate him for seven days and inspect the skin again. And then he would declare him to be clean. And then he, would be, he wouldn't declare him to be clean. He would require him to uh, offer sacrifices, right? And there was a couple birds, and one of them doesn't fare so well. And there's sprinkling, and then the other bird flies away, and the blood of the dead bird. And it's really, really weird. And then the priest touches the lobe of his ear and his right, his, his right ear and his right thumb and his right big toe, which I mean, it's just a, it's an odd series of events. And then the priest says, you're clean and you can go and you can rejoin the community, right? So he says, go to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a what? A proof. A proof. And this is one of the reasons that we have the Gospels. They are part of the proof of Jesus' existence and his activity and his miracles and his divinity and all of these beautiful things that we otherwise would just have legend about, right? And I am thankful we do not have legend. We have truth. So verse 45 but he went out and began to talk. Now, does, does anybody remember this word, Caruso? Does anybody remember this? Does anybody remember the first time this is used in Mark? Because we read it already. In verse 4, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, and... Caruso, a baptism of repentance. It's the word for preach. It's the word to herald. It's the word to take a message and to go and to declare it to everybody because this is true. Because how, I mean, I have a hard time not cutting the guy a little bit of slack, right? His whole world is different now. This is the one, there's a couple bits of disobedience in the New Testament and in the Bible where you just go, yeah, but I'd have done that too, right? Think about it. He's I mean, proclaiming a different message. That's right. So we'll that's exactly right. Right. Like literally, the law would only, the, the law dictated that he said one word over and over and over and over. And then he meets the living word and everything changes. Yes, sir. I would not argue with that assumption. I wouldn't put a hundred dollar bill on it. I'd put it. I'd put a nickel on it. My my wife and I have an agreement that I uh, I don't ever bet more than a nickel. So, and most of the time I carry a nickel, so I can bet a nickel. But I don't. I don't. I don't. And if you so just a, a pro tip here: if you ever see me betting more than a nickel on anything. 
I already know the outcome definitively. It is a fact that I have already witnessed, and I am going to take your money. So, like, that is, that is just the way that's going to work. So, so he went out, he began to talk, he crusoed about it, and to spread the news. Now, at the very end of Mark, at the very end of Mark, the tomb is empty, and the people that arrive at the tomb see the empty tomb, and they run in fear. And it does not say that they spread the news. It says that they run in fear. And the, the ironic thing is that this guy actually does the Great Commission shockingly well at the wrong time. Because it wasn't time for him to be delivering that message. That message, the timing of that message was supposed to come later. Which is one of the reasons Jesus sent him to the priest to fulfill the prophecy, and to delay uh, this particular communication. So he freely talked about it and to spread the news so that Jesus... So what's the implication here? What's the, the outcome? So that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. Now we're going to see later on in Mark that everybody has heard of Jesus. Like everybody. The pagan government... I'm trying to spin that, and I. There we go. Thank you. I was like, I'll just wait, and Barbara will help me out here for something. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I actually needed a second to think, so that was really good. But the the pagan uh, governmental leaders knew about Jesus. So who am I talking about when I say the pagan governmental leaders had heard about Jesus? Because there's almost an entire chapter later on in Mark about this guy. I heard it. Herod, yes. Herod had heard about it. Specifically Herod. Because Herod thought that Jesus was John the Baptist coming back to life. Which is kind of a crazy thought. Because what was John up to? <laughs> If Herod thought that Jesus, because Herod and John hung out together, apparently a lot, and Herod liked him, which is just, we're going to get to chapter 6 and you're going to go, this guy is so weird. Yes, he is. But Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. And we talked earlier in Mark chapter 1 about uh, John's birth and the breadth to which that spread and how everybody knew John. And when John would point to somebody and say, this is the man that everybody should have immediately transitioned, but they didn't. But this is uh, one of those moments where Jesus' ministry just blows up publicly. So he can no longer publicly enter a town. So did that, did that derail his ministry? That ended everything, right? He just stopped and said, well, you know, God's closed the door. Guess I'll have to stop. If there is, well, there's actually like nine phrases I would love to get rid of in Christianity. Uh, but, well, God just closed the door, so I guess we're not supposed to do that. Okay. There'll be like nine Sunday school lessons on that one day. But was in desolate places... He was okay to go where it was lonely. And, and I don't want to get too far off into the weeds on this, but 
if you are in a lonely place, if you feel isolated, if you feel uh, separated, if you feel distinct uh, from all other things, like that's where Jesus went, right? And, and we serve a God who will go to the desert, who will go to the cities, who will go to wherever the Father's will dictates to accomplish what he was sent to do. And it is beautiful. And do you, do you notice that what happens, what do the people do? Well, the people are like, well, he's way out there. So, you know, that's just hard. <laughs> no. If you had, so my back has hurt for about just under five years now from a herniated disc. And uh, do you know what we have repeatedly done over the last four and a half, five years? We have gone to where the people are who say they can help. And, and when I put the address in the phone, because I have no sense of direction whatsoever, you guys know this. Um, when, I, when I put the address in the phone, I don't care where it's going to go. It's just like, I don't, if it's across town, it's across town. If it's another city, if it's another city, if it's another state, I really don't care. You just tell me where to go because I'm hurting. And people were coming to him from every quarter, from all sides, from everywhere. And it is beautiful. It is spectacularly beautiful that Jesus does not allow, and I really hope, I hope that we believe this, Jesus does not allow what one person said about him to derail his ministry. Because I promise you guys, I have been met at that door right there on a couple of dozen occasions. And people have said things to me that have been like, wow, that was just as demoralizing and discouraging as it gets. Um, and I love the fact that most of you right now have your faces shriveled up like, what are you talking about? Because you would never consider doing something like that. And I appreciate that about you all. Uh, but it happens uh, often. And it is very, very easy to hear something like that and to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me reevaluate all of this stuff. Right. And that is just not what Jesus did. He just went to a different place. And the people came. And it, just a, a heads up, a little foreshadowing here. Uh, what he does, it doesn't change. <laughs> he keeps right on doing it. And it is beautiful. So, let's take a look at a couple of things. So you're on your last page of your handout now, right? So what is the point? What are some applications that we have seen from Mark chapter 1? Julie's like, what? Are you almost finished? Yes, I am. I told you we were going to finish Mark chapter 1 today. There were two events that could have stopped it. A heart attack for me or the second coming of Jesus Christ. We are going to finish Mark chapter 1 otherwise. I was concerned earlier today that the, the power would go out in this building. I was like, you know what? We're just going to keep right on going. It'll be all right. So, And then I will say that I preached the lights out. So there's that. No, I wouldn't. All right, so what is the point? What have you seen that is an application point that, that we can see from Mark chapter 1? This is literally as open book as it gets. So grab a Bible, stare at the pages, look at the words. This is where this comes from. So one from me, what is the point? Is that 
men and or their words should not derail from doing God's will. What's that? Yes, absolutely. Go to the least of these. When did we hear that before? I feel like somebody famous said that. Oh, yeah, that's right. So what do we do with that? Well, stop being discouraged. Right? And, and recognize that we have a Savior who right there with us experienced things that very easily could have derailed the whole thing. And he just didn't. And this was not about, please understand, this is not about some, I'm mustering up this personal willpower to push through and be strong. No, 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 no. This is resting in the power of the Spirit. Um, this, is, this is something totally different. Because we sometimes, as Americans, want to say, well, just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and whatever that means. Uh, I tried that once, and I, I almost hurt myself, so don't, don't do that. So any other applications? Well, I think you said it as far as for me, um, you know, Lord has planned. Nothing gets him off of that. And sometimes, you know, we see things coming and going politically, wherever the country's leading. We, you know, we want to wring our hands and go, oh, yep. my Lord. That's right. Come on. That's right. The plan is there, and I have to think of my brothers and sisters who have lived in other parts of this world who right. have gone through so much. Right. And I, I'm the one without the faith, not really. Yeah, yeah uh, Piper said it best, I think. All the presidents of the United States will one day be footnotes in the history of the world because there is only one King of Kings and Lord of Lords. <laughs> like... You know, and not, I'm not de denigrating any any president. I'm just, you know, positionally speaking, there's like let's do some comparisons here, right? <laughs> we get too worried about things. Other applications. <clears throat> Ooh, there is nothing pompous or pious about Jesus. No doubt there. All right, so here's what I'll encourage you to do. Open up your journal books, and hopefully yours has some writing in it. Mine has some writing in it. Uh, mine has writing in it up through chapter 6, which is where we're at on Wednesday nights with uh, Mark. Do y'all know I'm in a Bible study in Mark on Wednesday nights? <laughs> I told somebody at work that the other day, and they're like, wait, you're, you're teaching one and you're going to one? I said, yeah, but we're going at different speeds. I'm like, what does that mean? It's like, well, we're... Like, this is week 14, and we're going to finish chapter 1, and we're in, like, week 8 or 9, and we're in the 6th chapter. We're, like, flying through it. And she was like... It's okay. So what'd you write down? When I wrote down back in verses 16 through 20 is from Darla. She said... Uh, went out and found these fishermen. These were the real candidates for the kingdom. Right? Jesus came for everyday folk. Right? Sorry, that's as redneck as I can get anymore. 
He is for everyone. He is. Amen, amen. Uh, one thing that I didn't draw out as we were going through um, the... Uh, Isaiah was witness number one uh, back in verse two. John is witness number two in verse four. Uh, the Father himself is witness number three in verse 11. Uh, Jesus uh, is the witness of himself in verse uh, 15. Um, the demons are a witness to who Jesus is in verse 24. Um, the cleansed leper is the witness in uh, verse 44. Or in verse 45, don't miss the witnesses of Jesus because it encompasses literally <laughs> all the people. <laughs> they're, they're beautiful. And I've got a question at the end of chapter 1 here for me. Will we be witnesses? Right? Will we immediately go and to do what Jesus says? Or will we do literally the opposite? Right. Amen. He understands where we have been, and he has been to those places. That's exactly right. Right. Yeah. Woe is me. Yeah. Yeah. God help us when we forget him. I've been sitting here thinking about when Hey, welcome back. For those of you that are newish to our class, this is Tim the Younger. <clears throat> All right, I'm the old <laughs> I was so I knew, you guys had told me you were coming today, and I was so, so hoping that Tim and Miley were gonna be here today. Just so that I could do that joke. Just like that's just that was it right there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I've totally interrupted your thought here. Yeah. I've been thinking lately we've been really trying to tell Estelle like when, when we don't want her to do something, we've been trying to explain why. Oh, yeah. And here, but really we, we shouldn't have to. She should be able to trust us and understand that when we say no to something or that we don't want her to do something, it's for a reason. Yeah. And I was thinking how many times do we do this to God where he told us to do something? He told this guy not to go tell everyone. He knew what the outcome of that would be, that he would not be able to be in the, in the populated area. You are going to let me land in my dream spot for this lesson. <laughs> and I literally saw something this week that I had never thought about before. So I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8. I know, right? <laughs> Y'all are like, Romans, what? We did that already. <laughs> we still skipped a rock over that. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and do that again one day. Y'all are like, what? <laughs> I heard the groans, don't worry. Uh, Romans 8.26, we'll start there. So likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 
And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. And, and when we misinterpret the word good to mean what I want, we mess things up. But when we see good as God's plan, this begins to make sense. So I'll give you an example. This is what I saw on Twitter, of all things. We redeemed Twitter for the week. So um, there was a preacher that had a friend who had a small child. And the child was born with, I think it was spina bifida, which requires uh, several surgeries uh, right after. Like you're, you're born and you go have a surgery. And then a month later, you have to have another surgery. So it's a month later, and you guys know, because I know this right now, I can feel the hunger pains. I'm not eating right now because I've got certain, this is the, there's this process, right? So you can't let babies eat either right before surgery. So the dad is holding the child who is screaming, I know what I want, give it to me. And the father is saying, I know what you need. And when Jesus tells this leper, I know what you need, it's not on accident. This is the sovereign king of the universe who is communicating. And he knew exactly what he was doing. Now, he also knew how the leper would respond, right? So don't let me, yeah. th th don't lose that. There's just, it's just still just like, how did you keep up with all of this? It's so incredible. So my challenge to you, thank you, Tim, so much. Uh, is uh, let's make sure that we are focused on uh, God and not just me, 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 because that is not as good. So that is Mark chapter 1. Yes. I'm thrilled, yay! All right, so... Um, at your tables, you should have a weekly update. Um, there we go. Uh, so if you will look in the upper left-hand corner of your weekly update, we'll talk about schedules for just a second. So today is uh, Mark, uh, and that's me. Uh, next week, we do not have Sunday school. That is Easter at Coolidge. So don't be showing up here. You'll be lonely. <laughs> Um, and then for a few weeks after that, we will have some guest speakers in Sunday school. And we will still be in Mark. So don't you be tardy. We're still taking attendance. I'm going to know. Some of you are like, what? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so we will start with chapter 2 on April 28th. And at this pace, uh, I don't want to do the math because you'll get scared. So um, at this pace, we'll be done when we're done. And that's, I'm good with that. So there is that. So uh, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being in Sunday school. Thank you for coming on a rainy day when the Masters is going on. Thank you for loving Jesus and showing up where you're supposed to show up. And thank you for your prayers this week. I would appreciate them because I've got some fun stuff to do. So uh, pray at your table. And when you are finished, then you are dismissed to go and to sing to this one who is totally unlike everybody else. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.